Alright, and welcome back to Talkin' Schmodown. This is episode number 44, and I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog, here to uh, just dive into all the uh, awesome stuff that's gone on uh, in the world of the movie trivia Schmodown. So, you know, it's been a little bit since I've been here. Uh, I got kind of sick for a while. My daughter got real sick. Uh, I was visiting my father for there for a little bit, who's uh, who's also sick. Um, so, But I wanted to make sure I got on and got down to talking about the draft and the Schmodown Awards uh, before the season officially starts. Some amazing stuff went down and has just continued to go down throughout the week. So let's get into it. Uh, and as I say, every episode, let's get ready to talk Schmodown. Let's get ready to Schmodown! Alright everybody, uh, I am so excited to get into this. We're going to start off talking about the awards uh, that, that dropped so, uh, right at the beginning of the event, right at the beginning of the video. Um, after like some of the pre-show type stuff that they did, there was an announcement. Uh, the main event for Brooklyn, which is this weekend, uh, has been changed due to some ongoing health issues uh, with Mark Knopic. The Inner Geekdom title has uh, that match has been postponed, and a new match has taken its place, uh, and that will be a. It wasn't announced right then and there, but it was uh, throughout the week. It got announced. Um, which I believe it was later on, either in the award show or in the draft that it actually got announced. But uh, it's going to be a triple threat, number one contenders match. Uh, William Bibiani, Dan Merle, and Brendan the Kid Meyer. Uh, Bibbs actually used his uh, number one contender spot that he won at Free For All to get Brendan Meyer in this match. So uh, I'm real pumped to see. Uh, I was really excited. I am going to the New York show. And I was really excited to see this inner geekdom match between Mara and Kevin Smets. I, I was I was so excited to see that. But you know, I, I understand health things. I mean, I like like I said, I've I've been sick for for a little bit, so I haven't been able to do an episode of this. So you know, your health has to come first. So I totally respect Mara's decision there. Um, but getting a triple threat number one contenders match with William Bibiani, Dan Merle, and Brendan Meyer. That's a damn good substitute, if I have to say so myself. Uh, I'm totally okay with that, and super excited to see uh, how that all shakes out. Uh, I am a little shocked not to see Paul Oyama. I don't know if uh, maybe he couldn't make it or something like that, but uh, uh, e- either way, I'm excited to, to see how this one shakes out. So we're going to get into the awards. Uh, Mark... Ellis, he uh, he did, he was pretty much the MC for the whole show, and he crushed this opening, uh, a- as usual, of course. He is hilarious, and he knows how to entertain. He knows how to command a room on a mic, uh, and it's it's just an amazing thing to watch. Um, and he 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 confirmed during his uh, his opening that uh, they're not actually going to go forward with that the swearing penalty. Um, I'm curious if that sticks or not. We'll see when the actual uh, season starts what they actually wind up doing if people swear during matches. It's kind of gone back and forth as to what they're going to do. Uh, I don't know. Um, I wasn't a big fan of them threatening to take away JTE rules for stuff like that. 
I understand they don't want people to swear, but to to do something like that, I don't know. I thought it was a little bit too much, but I guess we will uh, have to wait and see. All right, so uh, he brought up Frank and Brad to present the very first award, and of course, that award was the Podcast After Show of the Year Award, uh, the award that uh, Brad Gilmore likes to call the Rundown Award, uh, or as I like to call him, Bob Gilbert, because, you know, he is the dinghy, Bob Gilbert. Uh, So, Podcast After Show of the Year. Uh, You know, there were some great, great nominees here. Uh, I mean, there's a, a, a lot of... Reactors and, and after shows and things like that. Of course, I am one of those uh, after shows, um, and I was pre-nominated before. I, you know, I didn't get like a full nomination, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to work harder this year and see. But the, the competition is stiff. We've got more, more and more after shows coming out this year, uh, so it's going to be a whole lot of comp- extra competition. So, the nominees for Podcast After Show of the Year were Call to Action, Take 3, Dedicated to Art, Jaw Movies, and Abby Friel's Twitter Reactions. Uh, I personally had I voted for Abby Friel. I think that she brought has brought something very, very unique to the landscape of all of this. But, uh, I mean, it was pretty much a lock for in this one uh, a call to action uh, is the one that walked away with this they are right now they are like the they're the big time of it you know they've got a, a huge crew of people that work over there several different shows uh, it, I mean it makes total sense and they do some fantastic work over there you know they they get so many of the schmodown personalities on their shows it's 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 fantastic to, to see just how much, how how they are able to just flourish in this space, uh, and I'm very very proud uh, to even be muttered in the same breath as Call to Action. Uh, so uh, congratulations, guys! I am very very happy for you, uh, and uh, we'll see you next year. See if you can hold on to that that title. All right. So next up was Inner Geekdom Star Wars Player of the Year. The nominees were Kevin Smets, Mike Kalinowski, Rachel Cushing, Alex Damon, and Chandru the Chosen Don Dupani. And the winner of the Inner Geekdom Star Wars Player of the Year, of course, my boy, Kevin the Smasher Smets. Nobody else, in my opinion, has has done what Kevin has done this year. And if, to me, it was it was a lock. It was an absolute lock that Kevin uh, would win this. There was no doubt in my mind, uh, and I'm glad that that's how it wound up shaking out. Uh, so for the next two, they decided to put them together, and this was the uh, entrances. So they got the best teams entrance and the best singles entrance, and they, like I said, they decided to uh, they announced the nominees together, and they brought up both winners together. Um, so I'm going to start with uh, best entrance by teams. Uh, we had Crimson Fury, uh, where uh, Tim Franco is revealed as the mystery partner. We had the Shire Wolves, their Thelma and Louise uh, entrance. The Looney Bin uh, in their debut. Shazam, uh, where they pretend that they are announcers. Uh, and Scream Queens, uh, where they uh, do the Scream entrance and they kill Sam Levine. And the 
winner of the team's entrance was Shazam. Uh, where they pretended to be the announcers. And I love... This is one I picked. And I love this entrance. It is so fun. Um, and when we... Some of the people over on, on, on my channel interviewed uh, William Bibiani. He, he alluded to uh, this this uh, entrance being one that he absolutely loved and, and couldn't wait for people to see. Because we had talked to him bef right before uh, that, that match had dropped. And uh, he was super excited about it, and re he really loved doing it. So I'm glad that uh, that they got the recognition for it. Uh, and best uh, entrance by an individual, we had Greg Elba for uh, Stars Born at Free For All, Jeff Snyder uh, at Free For All, the Bear Jew entrance, John Roca, uh, his the playing the coming out sick showing up last minute at the Spectacular, Andrew D. Melanta flying an X-wing. Uh, when he went up against Laura Kelly. Rachel Cushing uh, at San Diego, the Lord of the Rings original music uh, coming out with Clark Wolf. And then William Bibiani, the Love Actually entrance. And the winner of the entrance of the year by an individual was Mr. John Roca. Uh, now, honestly, I didn't really agree with this. Um, I didn't think it was, I mean, it was cool, you know, hey, that, that's great, but that's, when I'm, when I think about entrances, and the thing that I love about the entrances in this game, this was not, it's, it's, it's kind of like last year, when, uh, Guy won for pretending to be Dan Merle, I was like, really? That's, I mean, that, that was, that was a good moment, just like this here is a good moment of the year. But to be entrance of the year, see, I, I definitely did not agree with that one. But, you know, it is what it is. And um, congratulations to John Roca. And the thing that I love about his win uh, is that he dedicated this win to Karen Volpe, uh, Paul Preston's wife who recently passed away. It, it was very emotional. Um, I, I loved that he did that. Uh, and it, it made me even tear up. So uh, thank you, John, for doing that. Next up was Upset of the Year. Now, there were some really good ones this year. Uh, we had Mark Riley versus Stacy Howard uh, in the singles tournament, where uh, Stacy Howard took that win. Uh, the Looney Bin versus the Time Machine in the quarterfinals of the tournament. The Looney Bin wins. Paul Oyama beating Dan Merle uh, and taking his title. Uh, the Odd Couple beating the Shirewolves and taking their titles. And Crimson Fury uh, beating the Loose cannons. Uh, the one that I was really hoping was going to take this um, was the uh, I think I think the one that I that I thought was the best was probably the odd couple versus Shirewolves because the Shirewolves were on this run, you know, and they finally won the titles and then to see the odd couple just take that away, I was I thought that was really going to be it. But the the fans voted and they went with the Looney Bin taking out the Time Machine in the quarterfinals of the tournament. Uh, I mean, it was a it was a big upset. However, I had them winning that match in my bracket, so I guess it, maybe because of that, I didn't really see it as being that big of a, an upset. But you know, yeah, I, I definitely can see pe why people would choose that one. 
Uh, next up is heel team of the year. A lot of good heel teams. We've got Corruption, The Family, Crimson Fury, The Odd Couple, and The Movie Guys. Uh, the Odd Couple, I, I mean, I guess, yeah, they're kind of heelish, but I, I never really saw them as being heels. Um, especially Andrako, uh, and uh, I, I just never really saw it. The movie guys, they kind of like I love the movie guys, but they kind of played more like that frat bro douche kind of heel. Um, Crimson Fury, I don't think they were really around enough to really kind of get that exposure. So for me, it came down to the family or corruption. Um, and Andrew Guy is a fantastic heel. But I think, yes, Drew McWeenie, you know, if he's angry, you know, he can be scary. But I don't see him much as a heel. And that is why I believe Corruption was the one who deserved this. And they were the one who did happen to win it as well. Uh, so congratulations to Mike Kalinowski and Chance Ellison uh, for winning uh, Heel Team of the Year. I, th- I definitely think it was the right call. On. Uh, Next up was Babyface of the Year. So they did these together. They did them in kind of a weird order. They did Heel Team and Babyface of the Year. So like they had a team and a singles award together. And then the next two after that were the Babyface Team and then the Heel of the, of the Year. They did it the same way they did the entrances where they announced all the, the nominees and then brought the both winners uh, up at the same time. So the nominees for Babyface of the Year were uh, Brendan Meyer, William Bibiani, Ben Bateman, Dan Merle, and Rachel Cushing. And the winner of this category was Brendan the Kid Meyer. He He's done such a great job this year. You know, an eternal optimist, this kid, he's always smiling, he's always looking on the bright side of things, and so it's no wonder that he was able to uh, take Babyface of the Year. I thought this was a perfect choice, uh, and I'm so glad that he was able to uh, t- to walk away with this win. Alright, so next up was Babyface Team of the Year. And the nominees for that were the Sh- were Shazam, the Shirewolves, the Wildberries, the Founding Fathers, and the Paddington 2. Some really, really good Babyface teams. Though, I mean, I kind of don't know if I would necessarily consider the Wildberries a babyface team. I see them more as a tweener, but they don't really have that. Um, people, a lot of people who don't understand wrestling probably don't understand the differences and and all and the fact that that's a thing. It's not everything's not black and white, so you know not everything is good and bad either. And the winner for of babyface of the year wound up being Shazam. Uh, Perfectly, this is this is exactly who I thought was going to win, and who I exactly who I thought deserved to win. They have just really dominated. Uh, yeah, you know they had some some flubs at the end there, but they really they when they finally came together as a team, man, they they just plowed through the competition, and I cannot wait to see uh, what they get to do uh, coming up in season seven. Alright, next up was Heel of the Year, and the nominees for that were Andrew Guy, Robert Meyer Burnett, Mike Kalinowski, Kaiser, and Grace Hancock. 
Uh, some, some great choices here, but honestly, there there's only one real uh, choice, and that's Andrew Guy. He is the best heel in the league, has been for a while, uh, and honestly, there's nobody more deserving than, than Guy for this award. So next is Comeback Player of the Year. We have Ben Bateman, Jeff Snyder, Dan Merle, Mike Kalinowski, and Andrew Guy. Some great choices, some, some great comebacks. Um, I think Dan Merle did a fantastic job uh, this year, you know, especially after what happened last year. But uh, the one who wound up taking it all the way home was Ben, the boss, Bateman. Uh, you know, so I, I have no problem with that. He really flourished this year. I mean, so much so that he, he made his way all the way up to, to getting the, the singles gold. You know, so uh, I definitely, I definitely like seeing his story kind of unfold uh, throughout the last year. At this point in the show, they stopped to take a moment of silence uh, to in tribute of Karen Volpe, who I said before had passed away. Uh, then Paul came up and, and spoke a little bit, so that was it. Was really nice. Um, I, I, man, it broke my heart when I found out about Karen. You know, she was such a funny and vibrant individual. She was so cool, and Paul's such a great guy. So you know, I, it it just broke my heart. Um, so I, I was really glad to see them do this. Then uh, Mark brought Christian up on stage to present this year's Yodi Award. The Yodi Award is given to uh, people who have changed this game in 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 many ways. Who've left a a standing mark uh, on this game and on the, the the people who watch on the audience at large um, the first one obviously is who was named after Mark Yodi Riley um, then last year they gave it uh, to John Schnepp you know he had passed away earlier in the year uh, and they honored him by giving uh, him the Yodi award last year uh, and this year it went to two people to a team who recently had retired and have just changed this game in so many ways, and that would be the Shire Wolves, Rachel Cushing and Clark Wolf. They, they, they. We got to see a beautiful video package, uh, presumably by uh, Eric Rodriguez of Nerd Chronic. I, I assume he's the one who probably put that together. But it was, it was fantastic to see, um, and I'm so happy that they uh, were honored with this award this year. Uh, th- this is also when uh, Christian announced that Clark Wolf will now be the new commissioner for season seven. That's right, you heard me. The new commissioner is Clark Wolf. Uh, this is going to be interesting. I love uh, seeing her around, and she, you know, sh- she may seem timid on the outside at times, but she's fiery, and uh, you know, you don't want to make make Clark mad. You know, she can uh, she put her foot down when she needs to. And I'm actually pretty pumped to see how she rolls uh, with all these people um, going into Season 7. Alright, so our next category was New Team of the Year. Uh, this one was kind of was based off, you know, wins, losses, fan reception, everything, you know. Um, there's a lot of new teams, especially after... 
You know, we had the whole shakeup with you know anarchy. So we saw a lot of new teams the previous year, um, and then saw several new teams come through this year. And our nominees. I mean, we have a great nominee list here. We let's see. We got the Looney Bin. We've got Shazam, the Time Machine, who were supposed to be originally in Anarchy, but due to scheduling, they weren't able uh, to te- get teamed up that uh, in 2018, and they wound up teaming up in 2019. Uh, the Movie Guys and the Family. Like I said, some great, great teams coming in through here, uh, but the 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 team that really made the biggest impre- impression I think on people uh and the ones who I definitely think deserved this win was Shazam uh so congratulations again William Bibiani Brendan Meyer you guys uh, you did a fantastic job new team of the year uh definitely definitely uh, earned that so we move on to moment of the year and that was see we got Ben Bateman wins the singles tourney and title in the same night as spectacular uh, William Bibiani goes from one to the end of the free-for-all. Uh, John Roca shows up sick to play Shazam at Spectacular. Rachel Cushing beats Mike Kalinowski to become double champion. And Matt Adgety challenges his own win, causing them to lose the match. Some great moments here. Um, see, and, 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 you know, I think it's interesting that we get... The Roka showing up sick as both an entrance and a moment, and sure that you know they can be that way, but yeah, that's very rare to see. I really don't think it it was really much of an entrance. I do think that as a moment, it definitely fits here. Um, however, it is not the one that won. The winner of moment of the year was William Bibiani going from one to the end of the free-for-all. Uh, now, there's a lot of debate here. A lot of people don't think that that should be considered a moment um, because it was an entire event, essentially. But the way I look at it, it's not its not the entire event. It's that moment at the right at the end where he's going, he's going. Now, maybe, you know, if he'd been knocked out you know, a couple rounds earlier, that it still would have been there. I don't know. But as soon as he hit that final round, I think that's the moment right there. Seeing William Bibiani make it to the final round. Yeah, he didn't win it, but he made it. He was number one and made it to the final round. That moment is real. the, the real thing that makes it special, uh, I think, personally. I mean, he even had a, a great moment inside of that match where he cleared the table. You know, it's uh, the infinite four X X X X moment for him. We've seen that in some clips lately, uh, especially when they're talking about you know William Bibiani. Um, you know, maybe it's not quite as impressive as Andreco's X X five X X. You know, the table wasn't quite as stacked, uh, and he didn't get as many points. However, still a great moment there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I have no problem with Bibiani's. Uh, free-for-all win being the moment of the year. I think it was fantastic and definitely deserves it. Alright, next up is manager of the year. We have some great managers here. we got uh, Kaiser, Tom Dagnino, Roxy Stryer, Jay Washington, uh, Ken Knapsack and, and Grace Hancock, and Robert Meyer Burnett. And the winner went to Tom Dagnino. He did some fantastic stuff. Um, there was a, a quite a while in the middle of this year where I thought it was going to be between Kaiser and Roxy Stryer. 
you know, they were kind of going back and forth in my mind. I, I didn't know where who it was going to be, how it was going to land. But the stuff that da- Tom Dagnino did, you know, he, you know, winning the draft bowl, um, leading his team, the Founding Fathers, to uh, the the tag team belts and uh, getting them, uh, you know, into spectacular and watching them defend those belts, you know, getting Ben Bateman all the way up, getting, he, you know, he, he won Comeback Player of the Year. He had a, such a great season, you know, he plowed through the singles tournament and went on to uh, win the singles belt, you know, so to see everything that Tom has done, plus, you know, just the the smack talk that he does, everything, it makes total sense, and I definitely think he was deserving of this of this award. I mean, you know, there may be people out there who disagree, but I definitely think that he deserved it. All right, so next up is match of the year. We've got Ethan Irwin versus Dan Merle. We've got Mike Kalinowski versus Cushing at the Inner Geekdom Throwdown. Mike Kalinowski versus Smets at Collision. Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing in San, Di- San Diego. The Looney Bin versus Time Machine. Corruption versus the Shire Wolves. And Corruption versus the Founding Fathers 3. And Shazam versus the Movie Guys. A whole lot of matches here. Eight in total. Uh, I'm going to go over them real quick one more time. We've got Ethan Irwin versus Dan Merle. Uh, Mike Kalinowski versus Cushing at the Throwdown. Mike Kalinowski versus Smets at Collision. Mike Kalinowski versus uh, Rachel Cushing at San Diego. Looney Bin versus Time Machine. Corruption versus the Shirewolves. Corruption versus the Founding Fathers 3. And Shazam versus the Movie Guys. Five of these eight matches involve Mike Kalinowski, which that has to say something right there. Uh, he obviously knows how to put on a clinic of a match. If he's involved in five of the eight best matches of the year, it, I mean, it, you can't deny this guy. It's, it's 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 insane, and it makes total sense that one of his matches is the one to win match of the year, and that one was Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel Cushing at the Inner Geekdom Throwdown. Such a fantastic match. You know, Mike Kalinowski comes back after being down by eight points. Uh, and Rachel, Cush- you know, he comes back, he almost takes it, and Rachel Cushing wins the Inner Geekdom title in sudden death. It was such an amazing match, insane, right down to the wire. It was insanity. Could not believe just how good of a match this was, and I love the fact that it won best match of the year. Next up is team of the year. So this is overall team, you know, not you know, it's all the all of the baby faces, heels, every team out there, team of the year. We've got the Shire Wolves, Corruption, Shazam, the Founding Fathers, and the Odd Couple. Some amazing, amazing teams here. Um I mean the Shire Wolves are now retired. Uh, you know, the Founding Fathers are the, the current champs. And the other three on this list are all top five contending teams. So, I mean, it, it, it makes sense that you would see you know, this level of, of teams in this category. Um, but the winner of this award 
went to the team that was able to secure the titles and defend the titles all this year, and that is the Founding Fathers. They did such a fantastic job. Now, yes, you know, you could say the same thing about the Shire Wolves. They did the same thing. They were able to get the titles. They were able to, or defend the I think they won them the previous year. But they were able to defend the titles and, and, and win them back and things like that. But the the Founding Fathers, you know, they went 2-1 and one to start the season. Then they won the titles. Then they defended them as spectacular. You know, I mean, and the two of the, these two guys are just, these are Mount Rushmore uh, level level players, so it definitely makes sense. I would have been totally cool if it had been the Shire Wolves, um, but I'm also love you know I'm also down with it being Founding Fathers. I think that they're definitely uh, worthy winners of this award. All right, now we are on to our next award, and we're almost done with the awards. And this award is Rookie of the Year. Um, so there were some some good rookies here. We got Paul Yama, Kevin Smets, Paul Preston, uh, Brendan Meyer, and Tom from the Looney Bin. Um, to me, I felt like it it was down to between. Realistically, it was down between two players, and that was Paul Oyama and Kevin Smets. Both players were six and one. Uh, both players won titles. Uh, you had Paul Oyama who won the singles title. Defeated Dan Merle, defended it in New York against uh, Jeff Snyder, but then lost it at the Spectacular. You had Kevin Smets, who uh, had some great victories, um, you know, against people like Adam Lavik, Jay Washington, Chandru. Uh, defeated Mike Kalinowski at Spectacular after losing it earlier in the year, I believe, at Collision after after you know, losing to Mike. You know, I I know a lot of people were saying that it should have been Paul. He was the you know the youngest. Youngest champ, all this, all this other stuff, but the way I look at it, and I've said this, I said this on the show before. Uh, I, I think I believe when I talked about the um, uh, when the awards were announced, and I, I know I, I put this out on Twitter. I the way I look at it, Paulo Yama had a meteoric rise. All right, he got the gold, but then he fizzled out at the end. And in a really bad way, that match of Spectacular was, oof, it was uh, not pretty. But Kevin Smets, you never saw that from him. He he rose, he rose, he rose, and then he stumbled. He didn't fall flat on his face, he stumbled. You know, the whole Spider-Man, uh, Peter question thing that he, he flubbed it in his own... Like, he knew the answer, but he didn't take his time. He didn't, you know, it was a, you know, as they say, a rookie mistake. He did not take his time, and he lost. He just barely lost. If he had answered that question, that title was his. But, you know, what it did is it knocked him back down. It forced him to reevaluate, and it made him even stronger. And he built his way back up, and he built his way back up, and he built his way back up. And then he faced off against Mike Kalinowski and destroyed him. And now he is the champion. And that is why Kevin Smets is the Rookie of the Year. Uh, and I, I think that it is... There's, in my eyes, there's no one else who deserves it. You know, I understand some people thinking that Paul Oyama does, but no. Kevin Smets is the Rookie of the Year. Uh, interesting side note here. Uh, 
dur- during this uh, this announcement, the you know of all the nominees and everything, um, Mark Ellis actually revealed Tom's last name, which apparently is Reeman. Did not know that. Um, but when he was you know announcing the the nominees, he said Tom Reeman, and I was like, whoa, uh, okay. I don't know. If, I mean, as far as I knew, they didn't. I didn't think that they wanted his name out there um, to kind of keep the mystique around. But hey, <laughs> there it is. It's out out in the open. All right. Now we are on to the penultimate uh, award, and that is Singles Player of the Year. Our nominees are Dan Merle, William Bibiani, Ben Bateman, Paulo Yama, and Mike Kalinowski. Some solid, solid players. Uh, you know, a whole lot of good stuff going on here. I mean, Dan didn't get a whole lot of uh, play here, uh, but he did some fantastic stuff in, in the singles league. I mean, like I said, he only had three matches in the singles league, so but he did some great stuff. Look at what he did at Free For All, winning, winning that. Um, he won the title during this year and defended it, but he did lose it. So when it came down to everything... Really, there was only one player, I think, that could have taken this one, and it, it, that is Ben Bateman. You know, Ben Bateman, 6-1, and one, won the singles tournament, won the singles title in the same night. I think he's the one who really deserved this title, He or this award. You know, as far as singles players go, I, I, he, he really, he showed that he was not the weak link in team action. Maybe he had a rough start, but he was he's a fantastic player and a force to be reckoned with. Alright, and so for our final award, Mark brought up Sam Levine to present the player of the year. Last year, Sam Levine, I believe he won both the singles player and the overall player of the year. Um, but this year, we had the nominees of Dan Merle, Rachel Cushing, Ben Bateman, Mike Kalinowski and William Bibiani and the 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 person who won this was the person who I was speaking about uh, in the previous award uh, about all the great things that he did not only did he do some great things in singles but he did some great great things in teams winning the titles defending the titles and that man is dangerous Dan Merle that is right Dan Merle wins the overall player of the year this is a fantastic choice and I'm so happy to see him uh, get the recognition I th- I think this is his first award he was saying I, I, I'd have to go back and check um, but I, I'm fan- this this is fantastic I mean outside of you know getting a team award with uh, he, got, he got team of the year with founding fathers but uh, it was fantastic so I'm I'm really I'm really glad to see him uh, him get this far in and and really rise back up because he had a roughly rough year last year I I thought he was going to get comeback player of the year um, because like I said he, he had a rough one but uh, yeah so that was the awards there's some great stuff there um, we got to see a whole lot 
uh, of the the, the post award interviews at the end of the, uh, the the video, which I really liked. You know, it's just kind of seeing everybody get back there and kind of talk and have a good time. Um, Chance Ellison, you still need to work on your mic skills a little bit, bro. It, it feels like you're getting real nervous every time they put the mic up. So you get a little bit too fast, and you can almost can't understand what he's saying. You know, it's it's uh yeah, I, I think you need a little bit of work. Maybe maybe uh, sit down with John Roca, uh, maybe with Kaiser, and just kind of. See, see, uh, see what you can do there. All right. So before we get into the draft, I'm gonna take a little pause and uh, let you guys listen to some of the ads that we have here, some of the, the promos for other shows uh, on the Merc with a Movie blog podcast feed. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy, and we'll be right back. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years. As we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello everybody, Jay Wade and Kaylin here to tell you about SEN Afterlife. It's an after show podcast where we expand on the week of craziness on SEN Live as well as have guests on to join in the fun. Yep, and we get personal too. We do movie reviews and at times we go way off the rails, which I guarantee is always Kaylin's fault. Hey, how rude and not true. So come join us on the Mark with the Movie Blog feed and remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, enjoy. All right, and welcome back. We are about to, draw, to dive right into the draft. That's right. We The draft is something that has been on everybody's mind for months now. Ever since, you know, uh, Robert Meyer Burnett dropped the nuke, everybody's been wondering, what is this draft going to look like? How is it going to work? What is it going to do to Season 7? And we finally have some of the answers to that. Uh, so we're going to kind of get into that. Before um, I dive headfirst into who got drafted and everything like that, um, I know something that a lot of people were wondering. It's like, how does this whole thing work? Because, you know, they, they accumulate points, all this other stuff. What does that mean? Well, if you go over to the com backslash stat hyphen HQ, uh, there's a whole thing about the uh, about about the the draft and all this stuff, and they've got a a little graphic on there that kind of details what the points are going to be. Um, so I'm just going to kind of run through that real quick. Um, a win, whether it be singles or teams, is worth two points for for your faction. If it's an inner geekdom or a Star Wars win, it's worth three points. If you get a knockout or a TKO, that's one additional point. Now, for title matches, it's a little bit different. Um, if you get to a title match and you lose that title match, you still get one point. Yes, I, I, you heard that right. Losing this match only for title matches gets you a point. If you, and that's for any any division. If you win a title match. In singles or teams, it's worth three points. And if you win an inner geekdom or Star Wars 
uh, match, a title match. That is worth four points. So it makes sense that you you know may want to focus a little bit heavier on things like inner geekdom, trying to get those kinds of some heavy hitters in there. But uh, you know you don't want to only have that because it's a limited amount of play that you're gonna get from 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 those divisions. But uh, yeah, so there you go. Like I said, two points for singles and uh, team wins. Three points for inner geekdom and Star Wars. An extra point for a knockout or a TKO. A point for a title loss. Three points for a singles or team's title win. Four points for a inner geekdom or Star Wars title win. All right. So we are going to get into the draft. Uh, Tom Dagnino and Kaiser made a deal pre-show where Kaiser's round two pick would be protected and Tom Dagnino would get Kaiser's round six and Kaiser would get Tom Dagnino's round seven, meaning that um, in round six, Dagnino would have two picks and in and Kaiser would have none. And in round seven, Kaiser would have two picks and Dagnino would have none. So... Uh, the the video for the draft started off with um, the kind of like I guess you call it a promo video for the movie guys. They were trying to convince the managers to draft them. They had posted this on their social on social media uh, before the draft had started. Um, before it, it yeah before that Saturday of the draft, um, they were trying to convince managers to to take them. Uh, you know as either as a team or even as individuals. And I gotta say, I love this video. They are hilarious. Um, and if you're listening to this, you, I, I assume you have watched the draft. You know what's happened. Um, and you probably know that the movie guys did not stay together, unfortunately. And I am really bummed that they got separated. I love them as a team, but uh, I'm interested to see uh, what they can do with other partners now. Um, Mark and Draco apparently said that uh, Ben Bateman has inspired him to get back into the singles division uh, and says that he's coming for the belt. So this is something that I, I found really interesting um, to hear. and Because Andreco's really, he's been focused on teams with the odd couple. But to hear him say he's been inspired by Bateman to get back into singles and that he is gunning for that belt, man... The, the rock stars are going to have some good times coming uh, if he's going to have that kind of fire and passion. Especially if, if who's the boss, or not who's the boss, if um, uh, the odd couple can keep that level of gameplay as well. Alright. Uh, we had Kate Mulligan doing some crazy stuff, making doing some crazy voices. Uh, she's hilarious and I love her so, so very, very much. Um, so, what I'm going to do right now is I am going to just kind of go over... I'm not going to go through each individual round and who got picked, because I think that's just going to take forever. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to go through and list off who wound up in uh, on what team and just kind of go through the, the finalized roster that way. All right, so I'm going to start off with uh, the usual suspects being managed by Sam Levine. Um, who apparently uh, seems like Rachel Cushing is going to be uh, his advisor, or at least an unofficial advisor, uh, from the way it sounded, which makes sense because I mean, Sam and Rachel are dating, so it makes sense that you know she would offer her advice to him. Um, I'm 
curious how her being involved like that will uh, affect Clark Wolf's um, you know reign as commissioner. If you know what kind of controversies we might see, I don't know. I'm interested to see how she will handle stuff like that. But anyway, so we got like I said, usual suspects managed by Sam Levine. We've got his team. Yeah, he picked eight people here. Um, you had to pick. I believe it was at least eight, and then you could stop there um, and leave your you know your other spots open for you know down the road or whatever. If other people come in, this that the other. Um, so he stopped at eight. Uh, and he's got Drew McWeenie, Andrew Guy, of course. He, so he picked the family. Um, that he he grabbed Janine the Machine, Matt Atchity, Ken Knapsack, uh, Jader Paramo, Cameron Rice, and Jen Kemp. So he's got some good bases. He's got a, he's got a solid team in Drew McWeeny, Andrew Guy. Um, he's got some solid uh, singles players with Drew McWeeny, of course, uh, with Janine the Machine. Heck, even uh, Matt Atchity could probably be solid. I mean, I don't know how much he could show up. Um, you've got a Star Wars player in Ken Knapsack. Um, I'm not sure of the, of the the three rookies that he drafted. I don't know a whole lot about them. Um, like I know who Jen Kemp is, but I don't know what her knowledge base is. Um, I know who uh, Jader Paramo is. He's the one who I believe it was the Orlando event. Uh, he was the fan who won the the little fan. They did a little fan contest. Uh, where they had some fans come up and do uh, trivia against one another. Essentially, you have like a Schmodown match against one another. And he's the one who won that. Um, Kim Rice don't really know much about. So I'm hoping for, for Sam's case that at least one of those three is a solid inner geekdom player because none of the other players, you know, Drew, Mc, Drew McWeenie, Andrew Guy... Uh, Janine the Machine, Matt Atchity, and Ken Napsack. N- none of them are are solid inner geekdom players. You know, like I said, Ken Napsack is is a Star Wars guy, um, and the rest of them are singles and teams players. But hopefully, at least one of these new players is solid in inner geekdom. Uh, so then, next up, we've got uh, Roxy Stryer and the Rock Stars. Um, so of course she took the odd couple. Got Jeff Snyder, Mark and Draco. Um, she also wound up taking uh, Alex Damon, uh, Stacy Howard, and then she surprised everybody in the fifth round and took JTE. Uh, now if you listen to uh, Sen Afterlife from this this week, you'll uh, probably hear Jay Wade talk a, uh, tell a little story about how. I uh, accidentally uh, spoiled this draft pick for him. Um, yeah, sorry, buddy. That was my bad. Uh, I didn't mean to. I thought thought I was talking in a different uh, chat group, and wound up accidentally uh, messaging him about that. And uh, he specifically didn't want any spoilers. Oops, I apologize. But yes, JTE, biggest I think biggest surprise of the night. Whether he actually plays, who knows. But that means that both JTE and Jeff Snyder are on the same faction again. I mean, obviously, the odd couple is the team, but, you know, hey, you got them in the same faction. Who knows what could happen? 
Um, she also drafted Jim Favre, David Del Rio, Jared Habon, and Adam Gertler. Um, Adam Gertler, uh, I mean, he's a big DC guy, so he could he might be able to do some good stuff in inner geekdom. Uh, Jared Habon's an inner geekdom player. David Del Rio, he's a good singles player. Uh, Jim Favre is a good singles player. You know, so and you got Alex Damon for Star Wars. Obviously, the team. I think I think I think Roxy's got a pretty solid team here. So then we move on to the Mouthy Mercs with Koi Jandro. Uh, he picked up Shazam, which was a great great pick here. Uh, then he got Mara Kanopic. Solid solid pick. I, I this this was uh, a pick that I thought. Originally, when there were ten teams and we saw, you know, we were going to have the Fife Club and all this stuff going on, um, I predicted that Emma Fife was going to take Mara in the first round, and Emma has now, on I think at least two occasions, confirmed she even in this video confirmed that her first round pick was going to be Mara Kanopic. And everybody told me I was I was crazy for thinking it. Even Christian Harloff, he said on SEN that when he when he saw that pick or when he heard me say that pick, he was like, "Dude, you're crazy. You know, that's never going to happen." And lo and behold, there she's over here saying she was going to take Mara Kanopic first because she is a fantastic player. If she can, you know, when when she's in there when she's when she's doing her thing, She's fantastic. So I think this was a great, great inner geekdom pick for Koi. Um, and I really uh, I really think it'll 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 do well for him. He also picked up Tim Franco, who's solid, uh, Haley Fouch, who I love, uh, Greg Elba, Joseph Scrimshaw, a great Star Wars competitor, and John Humphrey. That's right, Greg Elba and John Humphrey together again. Will the real rejects become a team once again? I kind of hope so. Uh, I, I I think that would be fantastic to see. Um, that that's that's the one that I'm kind of hoping for. It sounds like from what I've heard, it sounds like the uh, Koi is probably going to be teaming uh, Haley and Tim Franco up. So it's like I don't know how many teams he necessarily wants. Um, you know, you've already got Shazam. If you're gonna have uh, Haley and Tim Franco. Do you want another team? But I feel like if you're gonna bring them both onto your team, onto your faction, I, I almost feel like you have to. You know, I feel like it, it, it's got to happen. Uh, and Koi left a spot open. Uh, I, I also forgot to mention Roxy left uh, her ninth slot open. She opted not to fill that final slot, so she could do it later on or whatever. Um, and then Koi left, just like Sam left his, two of his slots open at the end. Ho probably hoping that uh, you know we'll find somebody later on, pick them up. Maybe one of these new rookies will really show some promise and grab them. Next up is Robert Meyer Burnett and the Burning Droogs. Uh, so uh, Burnett, the uh, of these first four that I've mentioned, he's the first one uh, that has not been able to pick up a. Uh, already established team um, he started off with Ethan Irwin and then in round two picked up a rookie in James White uh, I don't know anything about this kid I have no clue um, I, I, I don't know what he brings to the table 
Uh, he then picked up Alonzo Duralde, uh, Whitney Seibold, Video Drew, The Warfather, Justin Kroll, uh, you know, of Variety fame, uh, and then Josh, uh, or Jenna Bush, and then Josh Quavedo. Um, don't really know anything about Jenna Bush or Josh Quavedo. Um, we saw the Warfather in one match. He's an inner geekdom guy, so you know that that's cool. Um, Justin Kroll. I mean, he's he's knowledgeable, but will he be able to play the game well? I don't know. Um, Whitney Seibold. I think he could really be a dominated dominating player if given the right attention. Uh, same for Video Drew. I think she could. I don't know if she'll be... Since she lives on the East Coast now, I'm curious as to how much dedication she'll actually be able to give to it. Um, but, you know, you got Ethan Irwin and Alonzo Durala, two powerhouse players. And right here, I think, is is Burnett's team. This is the team he needs to make. Ethan Irwin and Alonzo Duralde. These are two amazing players. I think that they could... Uh, really complement one another. They have a lot of the same strengths, but I'm, you know, I think that they probably have some opposite strengths as well, and could really complement each other. And they're both just solid, fantastic players, and could, I think, they could dominate. I really do. Um, anyway, I, so I think, like I said, I haven't heard any rumblings about teams for for his faction yet. I think it would be stupid if you did not team Ethan and Alonzo together personally. Um, Burnett left a bottom slot open, so he will uh, have another pick somewhere down the road. Next up is the Finstock Exchange with Tom Dagnino. He filled his first four right away. Uh, ben Bateman, Mark Riley, Dan Merle, John Roca. Um, interesting thing. Uh, he, <laughs> Tom Dagnino picks Ben Bateman first. Roca got picked fourth. And Roca was not happy about this. Uh, it caused some serious tension between uh, Roca and Dagnino and, and almost destroyed the team there. Um, he was furious and he felt disrespected that not only did he get picked fourth, but that he would put da- uh, Bateman above either, above either him or Dan. You know, um, I don't think that he necessarily like, I think he was just he was heat really heated you know he expressed himself on the the show you know even saying that he you know he could he'll take his talents elsewhere if need be um he you know they all talked he calmed down he even did a live stream later that night and kind of addressed everything and and um, like told the fans why it happened and how he was feeling and all of that stuff and I totally get it um, but thankfully you know they were able to talk things out it was just Dagnino being Dagnino he wasn't thinking he was just saying oh uh, whatever Ben it's probably honestly it's probably because Ben was probably the last person he talked to before it and so Ben was the first one on his mind and since it has to be um, Ben and then Mark because they're a team then you get the founding fathers, and you probably, I mean, I would probably pick Dan, I mean, I would have picked Dan as the number one, personally, and then it would have been Roka as the number two, but, I mean, it, you know, it is what it is, and it seems like they got over it, so hopefully, uh, things are, are good in the Finstock Exchange. 
Um, then for number five, they picked up a solid, solid Star Wars player in Andrew D. Melanta. Uh, I'm really, really impressed here. I think that uh, uh, I, I, I think that he could go places. I really do. Uh, he's a top tier Star Wars player, and, and I'd love to see what. The, and I'm curious what they're going to do with the Star Wars division. Is there going to be more to it this year? I don't know. I hope so, but especially with them recycling questions, I think they could do some more uh, lower-level non-title um, match type stuff going on. I really think they could do more with it. Uh, then he grabbed the Barbarian, who we've only seen in a cutscene talking to Dagnino, trying to get him to draft him. He's so this is a rookie. Uh, also, we got uh, Emily Rose Jacobson, who's who's solid. Gray Drake, who I love. Uh, Cody Hall who I'm excited to see him come back, and uh, some guy named uh, Jackass BC. Uh, his real name is Ben Campbell. Uh, don't I, I don't know anything about this guy, other than I think he's like a bodybuilder or, or, or something like that. I don't know. He's a big dude. Maybe he's a wrestler. Actually, no, I think he's a wrestler, now that I think about it. I think, that's what, I, think I saw uh, on his profile that he was a wrestler. But uh, I, I don't know anything about him. I don't know what his strengths are. I don't know anything about him, how much knowledge he has. I don't know where he came from. Um, I don't know. I think he's friends with some of the people there. So, I mean, hopefully he, he brings something good to the table um, because Tom Dagnino, like, locked up all ten of his picks and you know, finished it off with this guy. So hopefully it'll uh, be worth it. Uh, so next up is Corruption, with uh, managed by Shannon Barney. We've got uh, Mike Kalinowski and Chance Ellison, of course. Uh, so Corruption there. Then we've got Mark Edward Hoyk. Elliot Dewberry, Laura Kelly, Clee Wiggins, Marisol McKee, Bonnie Somerville, Rick Ramos, and Eric Rodriguez, otherwise known as Nerd Chronic. Um, I think this is a, is a solid, solid team. Um, we, I even, we even got. Uh, I was watching. What was I, I was. I think I was re- like looking at Twitter or Facebook or something, and William Bibiani was talking uh, about something, and he made the suggestion of seeing Mark Edward Hoyk and Elliot Dewberry team up and call them the Vileberries, and I thought that was genius. The Vileberries, because obviously... The Wildberries are now split up as Elliot Dewberry is not on the same faction as Josh McCuga. So, I mean, it, it was devastating. Um, as we'll see in the, in on the next, uh, when I get to swag, Winston wound up picking up Josh McCuga. And literally, the next pick was Shannon, and she took Dewberry right away. So Winston got McCougal. People were jazzed. Wild berries. Wild berries. And Shannon destroyed everybody's hopes and dreams and took Dewberry. So I think the Vile Berries would be a really interesting team. Dewberry is sneaky good. So uh, I, I think it would be a really cool uh, team up, honestly. I'd love to see what, what, what they could do. Um... And I mean, she's got a. I think she's got a solid pick. She's got, she's got, a good, a great team in corruption. She's got Mike Kalinowski. He's a solid intergeekdom player. Obviously, he's one of the best. Um, I think that, I think that Mark Edward Hoyk and Dewberry could be another good team. And uh, you got Laura Kelly, who's a great 
um, Star Wars player, and and then you got a whole lot of kind of unknown going on. But you know, th that's what makes things interesting. I think, just kind of finding out where people can fit, and then I guess we'll just kind of see. Next up is the Swag Squad, Winston Marshall. Um, so he picked Paul Oyama, the uh, former uh, singles champion. Great pick. Um, then Lon Harris. Uh, the, it, it's from what I've heard, the two of them are going to be teamed up. Uh, I think that uh, Paul and Lon will probably be a little bit of a better ma match than Paul and Zipper were. Um, but I guess we'll have to see. Um, then we got uh, Chandru Dandapani, uh, you know, filling out the inner geekdom. You got Josh McCuga. You got Liz Shannon Miller. Adam Halavik. Uh, RB3. Demi uh, Adejuibe. Ed Greer. And Ace Cabrera. Um, I don't know if any of these players are, you know, going to be Star Wars competitors or not. You may want to. Uh, I hope that at least one of them is. I'm not honestly sure, but uh, I'm hoping that at least one of them is a solid Star Wars player. Uh, see, next up is the Den, and that's Kate Mulligan managing with Grace Hancock as the advisor. Uh, the very first pick, which I was shocked, was Tom. That's a solid pick. He, he you know, he's shown that he, he's fantastic. Um, four perfect rounds in a row. Uh, he he missed one bonus question, I believe, out of those four. Um, but yeah, four perfect rounds in a row, all via team matches. That that's solid. So it definitely makes you know it's definitely not totally surprising. I was just I was just like whoa, you know, he getting grabbed first was what was I think the most surprising thing. Um, then she picked up to, uh, Paul Preston, and from what I hear, uh, Tom and Paul Preston are going to be a team. I was kind of hoping for. Uh, Paul Preston and Rachel Silvestrini, who she also picked up, but uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, Tom and Paul. Uh, and so, like I said, also Rachel Silvestrini, uh, Brandon Hanna, Sean Sullivan, who I've heard is a Star Wars player, uh, Ben Goddard, who uh, I'm hearing is going to be teamed up with Rachel Silvestrini, so we'll have uh, uh, Rachel and Ben you know, as a secondary team. Then we've got Brett Sheridan, Alex Marzonia and Saul. For those of you who are Collider Live and SCN Live fans, you'll know exactly who Saul is, uh, and I'm super excited to see what he brings to the table. And I'm also, it's also funny that she, that Kate has two players that have one name, Tom and Saul, and I think that's that's pretty pretty damn funny. This also is kind of like the uh, the SEN live team. You know, you've got Kate, uh, you've got Ben Goddard, you've got Brett Sheridan, you've got Saul. Uh, I mean, you throw, hell, throw in Alex Marzonia who was on Collider Live. You know, that's that's I, I think it's really kind of funny that that's kind of the team that she put together there. Um, so, but I'm excited to see uh, how it all goes down. Uh, and then the final team is uh, the Dungeon with Kaiser. So he picked up obviously Kevin Smets, but then he shocked the world by uh, in his, for his second pick, drafting another inner geekdom player and a rookie, Robert Parker. Yeah, so he I believe Kaiser went. Oh, I think it was like fourth or something like that in the first round, and. 
Robert Parker was so Robert Parker was the very first rookie to get picked um, during that that round um, or the second round I should say and uh, it, it was it was I, I oh no I think he was first I think uh, Kaiser was tenth and eleventh I believe uh, I have to I I believe that's the way it was um, and so he you know he picked up obviously Kevin Smets but then right after boom. Robert Parker, and I think that was one of the. It wasn't. I don't think it was the biggest shock because I think JTE was, but that was one of one of the biggest shocks of the night was Robert Parker as the round two pick um, for, for for the dungeon. Um, I didn't didn't. I don't really know a whole lot about him. I know that he's uh, heavy in the inner geekdom league type of stuff uh, over in the fan leagues. That's kind of where he his uh, where his passion lies. I guess you could say that's where he's. Has spent most of his time is, is doing intergeekdom type stuff, and to pick up two intergeekdom players right away, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. Um, uh, hopefully, he'll he'll have some luck with some of these other people because you gotta have some solid singles players as well. So he also picked up Eric Zipper, coming back to the dungeon, and Adam Witt. Uh, of the movie guys, uh, and it's, from what I understand, they will be teamed up. So it'll be Zipper and Wit as a team. Um, I know a lot of people kind of kind of bash Eric Zipper, but honestly, if you look at his stats, he's got some solid stats. He's got like a, I think it's like a I mean he's only had one singles match, but he had like an eighty three percent accuracy or something like that. Um, he uh, his team. I think his team accuracy uh, was is in like the 70s or something, um, and yeah, his team record is three and four. But if you look, I've most of the wins I think are pro- coming from when he was teamed with um, Paul Oyama, because Paul could carry carry the weight. And I love Winston Marshall, but he's not that good of a player. If you look at his Stats, you're talking in the 30s and 40s for for accuracy ratings, and that's kind of what probably dragged Zipper down. So I think being with someone a bit more on his level, uh, like an Adam Witt, I think it will really do him well and allow the, their team to flourish a bit more. Uh, then he picked up some 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 rookies, a whole bunch of new people: uh, Owen Mugen, Vinny Mancuso, Brittany Young, Rick Hong. Daniel Villalobos and Claudia Dolph. I don't, like I said, I don't really know these people, uh, but uh, I, I'm excited to see what what they bring um, to the table. So uh, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff went down throughout this event. Um, we got to see a whole, all the, just like with the awards, we got to see all the uh, after interviews. Uh, during that, Makuga vowed that we will see the Wild Bears again in 2020, which is great. Um, Christian also announced on uh, SEN Live, I, I forgot to mention this, that um, during the texting for drafts, for, for the draft, there was, because during the event, they only went to, to round six. Then the following day, they just did like an, the, the other four rounds off air. Um, and she like posted them on Twitter. Apparently, during that portion, there was uh, an error, and Sam Levine actually wound up drafting Jenna Bush before 
<coughs> uh, before Robert Meyer Burnett did. So, so actually, I have to uh, make an addendum to my list here. Uh, Jenna Bush is actually on the Usual Suspects team, um, and and so what happened is Robert Meyer Burnett wound up uh, making a, a new pick and picked uh, Rebecca McKendry. Again, I have no idea who this is, so. Um, Jenna Bush is actually on The Usual Suspects, and Rebecca McKendry is on The Burning Droogs. Um, and so that leaves uh, Sam with one open uh, draft pick still, uh, instead of two. Um, so, yeah, so that, I mean, that was pretty much it for the draft. You know, a whole lot of crazy stuff that went on, like I said. Some great teams. I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited to see what the Den does. Um, but I think my my top pick right now is is uh, the Mouthy Mercs. I think they got a great shot. They got some great possible teams going on. Some fantastic players. I'm pretty pumped. Um, so I have a question for all of you out there. What do you think was more shocking? Two rookies being drafted in round two with uh, Robert Parker and James White. Roxy drafting JTE or Shannon breaking up the Wildberries by drafting Elliot Dewberry right after Winston drafted Makuga. Uh, hop on Twitter at MovieBlogMerk. Let me know which of those three things you think was the most shocking. All right. And then uh, to kind of f- f- close everything up, I'm going to talk a little bit about the past week's episode of uh, Schmodown Backstage. Uh, that, that happened the week after the draft and, and everything. Uh, John Roca hosted this episode as apparently uh, Christian was unavailable. Um, he was joined by the team of Shazam, William Bibiani and Brendan Meyer, and also Mark Riley. They talked about the draft a bit. They talked about the awards. Um, Bibbs got a bit deep talking about finding himself in the league. It was really kind of nice to, to just kind of hear him get real with it. You know, I, I love that about him. Um, they talked about some possible pair-ups, you know, who, who they thought they could see. Um, I, I talked about a few of those, like uh, I'm hoping that uh, Erwin and, and Duralde get teamed up, and I hope that they bring back the uh, the real rejects. Um, apparently, Ken is uh, officially the deputy manager of his team, of, uh, of the usual suspects. So you'll have Sam... And then you'll have Rachel as like the unofficial advisor, and Ken as the deputy manager uh, of of the usual suspects. What that means is, if um, Sam can't be there for some reason, then I guess Ken will kind of take over as the manager. I don't know what would happen if it was his own match. I guess he just wouldn't have a manager. You know, it is what it is. Um, and Bibbs announced that. He is the de- officially the deputy manager of the Mouthy Mercs, which makes absolute total sense. I, you know, I, I, I don't see why that would be. I, I, I don't see why it would be anybody else. Um, they talked a bit about all the, the various rookies that uh, are coming into the league. There's a whole bunch of, of new people coming in. Um, th- this is like the biggest rookie class that they I think they've ever had. Um, so you know they talked about some of Kaiser's interesting choices because like really he his team is the one that's thrown me off the most 
You've you do you honestly you don't have one super solid singles like weathered singles player. Um, Zipper's only played one singles match. I don't think Adam Witt's played a singles match. Um, Kevin Smets, I don't think he's never played a singles match. And all of the rest of them are rookies. Kaiser drafted seven rookies. And the, the, the rest of them, we have Kevin Smets, who's he's all, he's intergeeked them all the way. Then Eric Zipper and Anna Witt, they're both team players. You know, so I, I'm really interested to see you know where where that all shakes out. Um, then they talked a bit about how you know Shannon will be as a manager going forward. You know, um, they kind of you know point out that you know she, you know when she kind of essentially was the one taking charge. You know that you know that's when Mike was losing, but you know she during the event she points out you know she's been kind of taking charge behind the scenes a bit more even before that even when he was winning those those titles and things like that so uh, I think that there's a lot to see from Shannon and and I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I, I wouldn't underestimate her uh, I, I think that we're gonna see a whole lot of interesting stuff from her um, they then go through and kind of say who you know if they could who they would pick to join their faction um, if they had the option of pick just picking anybody, um, so I decided I was gonna throw together my dream pick list of of a faction. So I, I picked ten players for my very own faction. You know who I would love to have. Um, I you know I was, I'm splitting up teams. No, nothing was sacred here. Um, okay, so my number one pick. I went with Kevin Smets as my number one pick. I think he's fantastic. Then uh, I went, you know, and obviously he intergeeked them all the way. Then I went with Dan Merle. I know a lot of people would be like, why wouldn't you just take all the champs then? Honestly, I think Dan Merle is the one to go with. Um, he's a fantastically solid singles player, and, you know, you could team him up with somebody who's also solid uh, and, and, and have him go that way, and he's entering the intergeekdom league. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of great stuff from Dan. Then I picked uh, William Bibiani and Brendan Meyer. Uh, team Shazam, they're my favorite team right now, and I, they're the ones who I would want on in my faction. Um, then Laura Kelly, yeah, you know, yes, I could have gone with you know the obvious choice of Alex Damon, but I think Laura Kelly is a, an up and rising Star Wars star, and I, I she's the one who I would I would put my money on right now. Um, then Paul Preston and Rachel Silvestrini, because I really wanted to see them as a team, so I would put them together. Uh, then I took Robert Parker, then Justin Kroll, because like I said before, I th- you know he's got a lot of knowledge, so uh, it's whether or not he can play the game, I don't know, but I, I-, I would bank on him for it. And then uh, my final pick was Ben Goddard. Uh, I'm really interested to see what the Bagel Boy can do, um, and I'd love to have him on my team personally. Alright, so that wraps up everything for uh, this episode of Talking Schmodown. A whole lot of great stuff with the with the draft and with the awards. Um, let me know what, you know, if you guys have your very own uh, dream faction picks that you would like to, to share, let me know. Hop on to, hop on the Twitter, uh, at MovieBlogMerk, and let me know that. Um, some upcoming uh, events... Uh, in the movie Trivia Schmodown, this Saturday on uh, January 25th, 
It's going to be the Season 7 opener live from uh, Brooklyn, New York. We're going to see Dan Merle versus William Bibiani versus Brendan the Kid Meyer in a number one contenders match. Uh, with the undercard match being Andrew Guy versus Robert Meyer Burnett as chosen by Ben Bateman. Um, then we're going to see on uh, Saturday, February 29th, uh, the movie Trivia Shmona will be live in Atlanta, Georgia. So that should be a good show. Uh, then Saturday, March 21st, it will be the Free For All 4 live uh, from the Globe in Los Angeles. Then f- from this point on, everything else is just kind of uh, up in the air, but Christian was talking about how he's hoping to get some of these set. Um, April, he's hoping to set uh, uh, a show in Tampa, Florida. May, uh, he's hoping for Boston, Massachusetts. June, he's hoping for Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Then in July at San Diego Comic-Con. And August at Star Wars Celebration. So be sure to check out one of those many awesome shows if you get the chance. Uh, Thank you again for uh, listening to Talking Schmodown. To uh, coming back. You know, each and every week that I do this and, and checking me out, I really, really appreciate it. Um, you can hop on to Facebook and uh, YouTube at Merc with the Movie Blog and follow me there, uh, or you can go on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Blog Merc. Uh, I, I'm trying to be far more active. I'm going to be doing more videos and um, I'm going to be writing more stuff, uh, more reviews and, and, and things like that. So be sure to check me out again. That's on Twitter. At movie blog Merc, uh, and you can check out my website MerkWithTheMovieBlog.com, and be sure to check out all the shows right here on the Merc with the Movie Blog podcast feed. Uh, once again, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, and we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you next time. <laughs>